This program is sponsored by Futures Unbounded and is responsible for its content. Fellow humans, through the writing is on the wall, radio broadcast coming to you from WHKW 1220, a Salem radio station. I am T.A., the teacher's assistant, and we go through the Bible, uh, and I'm trying to explain the purpose for the Bible, what God wants you to ask yourself, think about, and why, and the prospect that certain individuals had the idea, like Paul. Tonight we're going to study some of Paul's thing. Uh, the reason I'm doing this, this is September 7th, 2021, and I want you to understand that the Bible is real. Now, we don't take it as seriously as we should. We think of it as an advice column something to think about and talk about, and, oh, yes, it will help your life if you lead your life this way, and, but you don't really have to. Well, that's wrong. And the Bible tells you that unless you do lead your life this way, you will eventually lose your life, and it doesn't just mean you individually. It means all of humanity. And that's the problem. Jesus uh, came to save us from ourselves, to teach us what to do, and we have ignored it. We've taken it as advice instead of as, by God, we better get going on this right now. Uh, And that's what needs to happen. So the basics from the Bible are the three questions that God want you to think about each day, who are you, what are you, and why are you here on earth? Those are the three questions you should think about each and every day, not just on Sundays. Um, tonight's tonight's um, reading will come from Ephesians. Ephesians 4. Paul was talking to the Ephesians and tell them that uh, it's up to us to grow up. Um, starting with verse 13, Paul says, And so we shall all come together to that oneness in our faith and in our knowledge of the Son, capitalized, of God, capitalized. We shall become mature people reaching to the very height of Christ's full stature. Sounds good, right? Um, It shouldn't just sound good. We are supposed to work to that. Not just if we're Christians, all humans, but definitely Christians first. Then, 14, we shall no longer be children carried by the waves and blown about by every shifting wind of the teaching of deceitful people who lead others into error by the tricks they invent. 4.15, Ephesians 4.15. Instead, by speaking the truth in a spirit of love, we must grow up in every way to Christ, who is the head. 
Now it goes on from there, and it's beautiful, and we need to know it. But the thing that is most important is we are not working at growing up. Um, many of us uh, found the Bible from religion. We went to a church to listen to people who we thought knew more about it than we did, and a lot of them thought they knew more about it than we did. And so we took our marching orders from them. And uh, Psalm 146.3, I'll switch over to that one, was very um, instrumental, I would think. It says, Put not your trust in princes or in any son of man in whom there is no salvation. Do you understand that? Don't listen to other people and accept what they say. Don't believe what they say. You're supposed to read the Bible on your own. You're supposed to discover that it is not belief or faith that you need to have to grow up. It's an understanding of the truth. And we are at that point we are where we are mature enough now that we can understand the truth if we make the effort. God wants us to use the Bible to inform ourselves about ourselves and to grow up. Now, he's given us the foundation, and he told us straight, flat out in the Bible, Use my belief, my faith, if you will, in your abilities as the, as the foundation. The first cornerstone is logic. Use reality as your guide. So logic is the first cornerstone. Reason is the second, which you use to manipulate the logic, to come up with examples of things that work, but you use wisdom to check it against reality and say, does it work? Is it best for everyone? And then the fourth cornerstone is grace. Now that was part of what Paul was saying. To use that fourth cornerstone to benefit everyone. The Ten Commandments are Yes, they're moral to, uh, to many people. They're actually ethical standards, but they're also the pillars of any kind of civilization that can be built and will last. They were the pillars of Western civilization, and they were the pillars we used to build the United States. Those pillars are being attacked and torn down by the people who feel righteous fervor in their beliefs. We call them progressives or liberals. And the problem is that they are exactly those people that Paul warned us about in Ephesians 4. I'll read it again. Then we shall no longer be children verse 14, carried by the waves and blown about by every shifting wind 
of the teaching of deceitful people who lead others into error by the tricks they invent. Well, now, how could Paul know 2,000 years ago that we would face this very problem? Well, you say, Paul's a prophet. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible is constantly about the structure of the human psyche. We have always been this way. We will always be this way, unless and until we restructure our lives. Now, Jesus came and told us how to restructure our lives, but we didn't listen. We all grow up, you, me, every human being ever born onto the planet, grows up making decisions subjectively. What do I think about it? What do I feel about it? How does it impact me? What is best for me? And sometimes, my friends, but what benefit do I get out of it? That is subjective decision-making. And he told us that the only way for us to reach salvation for all of humanity, and it's not spiritual, it's real, is salvation for the entire human race. And that is to decide things that will make it better for everyone. Don't look at it from your personal point of view. Look at it from an objective point of view. What is good for everyone? What will help everyone? What will encourage people to live and understand what it is that they can do to move everyone ahead? And that's the subjective part. He said that anybody who would lose their life for him would gain it. And what they meant, what he meant by that was that anybody who would give up trying to do the best only for themselves at the expense of other human beings would find a reward that they could not fathom. And that is that they would become one of Christ's own. And this is not just our souls. This is us. Now, our society has come to a point where everybody's pulling back. Everybody's wondering what's next. We have no, quote, leadership, unquote. Everybody is trying to get what they can while they can. Prices are going up for everything. People no longer try to do their best the way they did even in the 20th century. They try to do What's easiest? What's cheapest? What can I put the least amount of effort into and get the most reward for? I, I, I. It's a complete and total relapse, if you will, to the subjective decision-making models that we all grew up with, the child's model. And that, again, is what Paul said Then we shall no longer be children. 
we shall become mature people, reaching to the very height of Christ's full stature. And that's the issue. Christ showed us what to do to grow up. We haven't tried to grow up. We've tried to keep kicking a can down the road and let someone else worry about that and tell us what we need to do, and we'll think about it, see if we agree. Again, subjective decision-making. You need to reject opinion and belief. And seductive acceptance, because it's easy, because your friends want you to, because it sounds good, because people will admire you. Put not your faith in princes or in any son of man. If the highest rung that you hope to reach already has a guy on it, then what are you looking for? You're not, you're not looking in the right spot. Being with other people is necessary. It's not something to strive for. Being next to God. Now, there's something to strive for. And you can do it. Jesus showed us how. But you have to understand what it is that God wants from you. So if you ask yourself those three questions, who am I? What am I? What am I doing here on earth? Each day, you'll begin to Search for things that are above human content. You'll be searching for God. And God said in many times in the old places, for anybody who searches for me wholeheartedly, I will let them find me. So that's the problem. The problem is we think of the Bible as an advice book, a self-help book instead of telling us what it is that we need to do so that we can survive. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about the picture, and I don't know if you've gone to it or not, but I'm sure it's on the NASA website, of the Hubble picture of the galaxies in a three arc minute by three arc minute capture, all right? Now, that doesn't mean anything to you, but if you ever went to a hotel or had an apartment or maybe even you have a door at your home where there's a peephole to look out, the picture that is on that website shows the same distance and clarity if you were looking through a people in the door at the street 70 feet away here on earth all right that's the view that's the amount of space. Now you take that and you put it in that perspective of the Hubble telescope, 
I think it was taken in 2005, then you will find yourself looking at an area of space represented by that 70 feet from your peephole to the street. And within that distance, magnified distance, you will see more than 10,000 galaxies. Now, the Milky Way galaxy that we are a part of has our solar system and approximately 10,000 other solar systems just in our galaxy. And ours is not the largest galaxy by any means. We're on the edge. And that's why we can look in and so, see so many different galaxies. But our galaxy, which is not the largest, and holds that many solar systems, some with planets, some without. But some of those systems have planets on it that are within the Goldilocks zone, and human, what we consider to be human, life could develop. Now, is there human life there? Are there souls within the bodies? We won't know until we get there. And the only way we can get there is by growing up, following Jesus' instructions, and living for something other than our own benefit. It is up to us whether we survive or not, which is what the Bible has always told us. And acting as though God was your Father, who not only loved you, but would protect you and allow you not to grow up, is wrong. God is pulling for you, but he cannot grow up for you. You have to make the commitment. You have to do the work. Now, unfortunately, religions don't tell you this. Religions are like sales clubs. They take the Bible and they take the things that they read in it and it sounds good to them and they say, oh, this is what this means. Even though that's not what it says. And they will encourage you to believe what they say rather than what the Bible says. As Paul said, Ephesians 4 again. Verse 15, Instead, by speaking the truth in a spirit of love, we must grow up in every way to Christ, who is the head. So when each separate part works as it should, the whole body grows and builds itself up through love. So, and then he goes on to warn them about living like a heathen, and that's important. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 2 is important, too. You really, reading the Bible is the best thing you can do. There is so much information in it. Unfortunately, we're, most of us, lazy, and we assume that 
Oh, our pastor knows the Bible. And if, if there was anything important in there about it, he would tell us. Well, your pastor knows what he's been trained to know. And he means well. But that does not mean that he knows the entire story. You need to read the Bible and get the entire story. You need to read it with an open heart and an open mind. And let the information take you where it will. Don't try and mush it into a preconceived notion. And that's the secret of the Bible. It gives us all this information about ourselves. Now, where did all this information come from? From God. How did he get all this information? Well, the easy thing for us to say is he created us, so that's why he knows. Well, if he created us, why didn't he create us better? So that we wouldn't have these issues. I've heard that one. And he... Jeremiah asked that question, and he replied to them. If you didn't have anything to stress over, if life was easy, what would you do when the going got tough? Now, that's a paraphrase. But that's because I don't have it. I think it's in Jeremiah 5, but I'd have to look it up. Jeremiah asked God some very pertinent questions. Why do you allow evil to persist and evil people to appear to do well? And that was God's reply. Now, those of you who want to think that you are children and are meant to stay as children, probably are not going to want to look that one up. God is treating you as an adult. And you were not ready for it. But this is 6,000 years down the road, 2,000 after Jesus was sent to us with information as a model for us. Information is great, but if you don't have an example or a model then how are you supposed to take it? In the Bible, God supplied us all, not just with the information, but with examples and with models. This past weekend was Yom Kippur for the Jews. I finally got a translation of the Kol Nidre. I just thought it was a nice thing that they sung and they enjoyed and it, it gave them all hope. But I read the translation and the way they use it and I'm disheartened. My brothers who follow the Jewish faith put more faith in their Judaism than they do in God. And I feel saddened for them. The Kol Nidre says, basically, anything that we promised over the past year is now revoked. 
Anything that you thought we promised, whether we did or didn't, is now revoked. And that goes for any promises we made to God, whether we knew we were doing it or not. They are revoked. Now, this to them means that they can start fresh. That everything has been released. The people who did business with them, especially the Europeans, thought that that meant they were untrustworthy because they could, with a few words, deny the integrity of their religion. But they weren't. They were denying their personal integrity, but upholding their religion. So that was a kind of a shock to them, who were mainly Christians. And once you're a Christian, there is no going back. If you do, you are lost. Period. So, I'm almost to the break. And I want you to understand the Bible is real. God's telling you about yourself. You are supposed to read it, understand it, use it to grow up, and ask yourself those three questions. Who are you? What are you? And why are you here on earth? So when we come back from the break, we'll go into that a little bit more. And we'll discuss what it is and what it means to grow up on the other side of the break. Thank you much. Swamp, fake news, racist hats. Are you afraid to believe anymore? Well, let me tell you of one brave soul who, like David, slew Goliath. The true story of one man's fight against greed, corruption, and insatiable ambition in small-town Ohio, Checkmate reveals why passion and integrity are rare in the corridors of swing state politics. If you want to hear the truth, how the swamp operates in Ohio with all the political corruption in real time, get Steve Krause's tell-all, true-life story, Checkmate, One Man's Fight Against Political Corruption, available on Amazon. As a newly elected state representative, Steve takes you behind the scenes, behind the closed doors, and rips back the curtain to expose all the lies, the deceit, and power-hungry gamesmanship. Checkmate reads like a TV drama, but it's not. Once you start it, you won't be able to put it down. Checkmate, one man's fight against political corruption by Steve Krause, available on Amazon today. Be afraid. Be very afraid. There are those in Washington who want the IRS to take more of your hard-earned money. Are you tired of being the perpetual cash cow for every scheme, unreasonable program, and for all the fraud, waste, and abuse in our system? Well, good news. I can help. George Satari has almost 40 years of experience helping people like you keep more of what you make. It makes no sense that the more you make, the more they take. Let George help you keep your money away from the government bureaucratic waste and in your pocket. Call 216-651-1120 right now and schedule your free consultation today. Instead of a victim, you'll, you'll be, be the, the victor. victor. With many success stories, 
George helps with tax planning, estate planning, financial and business analysis, and more. The new tax law has many ways to save money with retirement planning, accelerated depreciation, up to 20% exception of net earnings, and so much more. Call 216-651-1120. That's 216-651-1120. You earn it, we'll help you keep it. That's George Satari, CPA, 216-651-1120. Welcome back from the break. This is uh, the Writing is on the Wall radio broadcast coming to you from WHKW 1220, a Salem radio station. Um, before the break, um, we were talking about the three questions that God wants you to ask yourself daily. Who are you? What are you? And why are you here on earth? And those are important. But the reason that they're important is because you have accepted information that is not true. You think that you alone were created by God on this planet all by yourself. And that those 10,000 galaxies that we can see through that keyhole, many of whom have much more than 10,000 solar systems in them, and even if only one in ten had a planet on it with life like Earth. Then how many other situations would God have given people the opportunity to grow in? And that's what this is. You have an opportunity. You read Deuteronomy, you understand that he was telling the Jews that they would be his example before all men, for good or ill, the choice was theirs. They chose to be disobedient, petulant children. And they suffered for it, but they have stayed together. And that was God's purpose in creating them. He told them, I have brought you together as a people. I have, what were the terms that he used? Um, I have, I have made you stronger in the, I have forged you in the fires of Egypt. I'll have to look that up. It's beautiful. But he did. They are still a people. And this is 3,500 years later. They are still a people. There are no other peoples that can say that. No other civilizations that have lasted. Their language was a big key. But still... Their religion was a big key. It has kept them together. And because of the Bible, we can see where they made their mistakes. Because of the Bible, we can understand that they are a model for us. What we don't really understand is evil. 
Evil has a job. Evil's job is to remove your complacency. When you get something together that works, that supplies people with what they need, then evil moves in through the human psyche and destroys it. That's because evil is in each one of us. Each and every one of us. It starts at an early age and it's multiplied. And we pick up seeds of the weeds, if you will, as we go along unknowing that we're consuming them and bringing them into our body. But that's okay because evil has a job. It's there to destroy whatever you depend on unless you're going forward. When you're moving forward, evil is left in the dust. But as soon as you start to slow down, it begins to catch up. And when you stop, it begins to overtake you. And it destroys the platform you are on. Now, how can I say this? Well, I can say this because our own Christian civilization here in America is being destroyed. And it's being destroyed by evil. Evil went all in in January of 1546 in Geneva, Switzerland. There are several memes or memetics Things that keep cropping up in the human psyche that are evil. And it is there for us to control or it will control us. And that's why getting out of yourself is so important. That's why reaching out and becoming an objective decision maker, the way Jesus encouraged us to do by having the spirit of a servant we would succeed and we didn't understand that now we should but the fact of the matter is if you live for yourself and that's all that you live for then you die impoverished never having enriching anything else. But if you live not only for yourself, but for those around you to create more opportunities and to push things along so that others can enjoy, even if you can't, then you've become Christian. You've become an objective decision maker. And you're moving things along. So the problem is, <clears throat> in 1546, a gentleman by the name of Pierre Amo, who was a, an international businessman, who came up with a, several games that could be used playing cards. Cards, yeah. Pasteboards, they were then. They were larger than they are now. 
But for the people who were bored and didn't have anything to do, really, because they had gotten to the top of their respective hierarchies, they owned property, other people worked for them, and they took their labor and the fruits of their labor and enjoyed, lived off the fat of the land, so to speak. <clears throat> there were enough of those people with enough money that they could, that they would buy things to relieve the ennui, the boredom. And Pierre Amot sold it to them. And he sold many other things, and he got lords and ladies into positions where they needed to pay him and did not have the wherewithal. He could embarrass them. He could not force them to pay, though, in certain instances. So they could get out of paying him, but he could embarrass them. And in their world, all they had was the acclaim of others. So Pierre Amot went to John Calvin, a central figure in Christianity in Europe. And he said, listen, I don't want us to have a problem with each other. You let me alone, I'll let you alone. Nature has provided me with the opportunity to assist my fellow man. But it has also given me the, op the responsibility of doing so for the benefit of all. Now, this sounds pretty Christian, right? But then he went on and he said, it is up to natural leaders of the herd to call the herd of those who are weak or who will lead us astray. And so those of us with power should not inflict that power on others, except for those who are weaker than us. After all, Man cannot do anything to any human that God would be upset about because Christ has paid all our sins throughout all time. So we can do anything to any other human with impunity. Now this is a mimetic. This is something that shows up. People feel that they are better than their brothers, whether they've gotten that from nature or they just hubris. They just think that they are tough stuff. They always slide by. They're glib. 
And that's the problem. You are not better than any other human being. As soon as you think you are better, that you deserve a little bit more or a little consideration or that guy over there is poor so he can't contribute or I'll help him, I'll give him a little money. I won't teach him how to make his own. I don't want competition. But I'll give him a little money. And this is the problem. You are making a decision for what is best for you. You'll feel better about giving him a little money. But you won't elevate him. You won't bring him up to the point where he could compete with you for resources that are scarce. And that's not growing up. Growing up is welcoming everybody, showing them what you know, teaching them, trying to get them to understand what it is that they need to do. God loves us and he wants us to grow up, but he cannot do it for us. And that is the central message of the Bible. You need to grow up. You need to understand rather than believe. And you need to work at it. Jesus came to show us how to work at it. Not only told us what to do, but how to do it. And we ignored that. We went for the flashiness of his miracles, which were there, as he said, to draw a crowd. But once he drew that crowd, it was so they would listen to him. He needed people to understand. And enough people listened and enough people wrote it down and accepted and saw that what he did was from God. So they should treat it seriously. And here we are 2,000 years later, still talking about the miracles rather than the words. No man goeth unto the Father but by doing as I do. The translations that we have permitted of the Bible are all religious translations made by religious scholars paid for by religious institutions. And they don't think it's wrong to have a religious bent to the information. As far as they're concerned, why, that must be what God had in mind, right? No. It was religion that killed Jesus. It was religion that led the Jews in the wrong path. It's religion that is causing liberals and progressives to destroy the world around us, their religion. Religion is not beneficial to mankind. Truth and understanding and striving for life, life with a purpose. If you don't understand that you're here 
given the opportunity to live and grow and mature and understand, then you have been infected by evil. You can only save yourself by reaching for the salvation that Christ offered, which was his example of living objectively for all other humans. So that's the message. The message is John 7, 24. I came to tell you not to judge people by outward appearances, but to judge correctly. Now there's no indication in any of the translations what judge correctly meant. But we've gotten to the point where the religious folks will tell you that Jesus is the Son of God and leave it there. That he is part of a triumvirate. They won't explain that. The best you can get is like God wearing three different hats, but it's the same God. But Jesus didn't feel that way. He said, I and my Father are one in this. And by that he meant in our understanding of what needed to be done, what should be done, and what could be done. They are on the same page. But religious people chopped that up a bit and just said, I and my Father are one, and left it at that. So it's misconceptions like this that people trust because they trust their religious leaders. Even though Psalm 146.3 said, put not your faith in princes. And that meant princes of the church or secular princes or in any son of man. And that was... The, both of those were not capitalized. But when Jesus declared that he was the Son of Man, those were capitalized. So you need to ask yourself, why is it? Why is it different? Why did Jesus say he was the Son of Man instead of the Son of God? Why did everyone who is trying to condemn him, call him, tell him, okay, go ahead, say it out loud. You're the son of God. He said, why are you trying to do this? It's easy because they wanted to kill him. They wanted to crucify him. And they felt that if he said that out loud, they could get him for blasphemy. But he didn't say it out loud. Because while it was true, it wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing is that he was the Son of Man. He was sent from the Spirit of Man to do God's bidding, true. But he did God's bidding. 
God is our Father. He's every human being's Father, male or female. So if you're male, you can say you're the Son of God and be absolutely correct. But that's not the important point. It's like saying that you're male. The important thing is if you have a responsibility to other human beings to try and enlighten them and to get them to work at growing up, which is where I come in. That's my job now. When I was a child, I made an oath before God, not realizing that I was doing it or that I shouldn't do it. Of course, if I was Jewish, I probably would realize that I shouldn't do it, but I wasn't. I was Christian. And I told God I would find out what this, meaning life, was all about. And because of his love and leadership and the opportunities that I've been provided and the Bible, I have finally figured it out. Jesus was the way, the truth, and the light. Following his example is the only way to go to God. And I don't want to get there on my own. I want brothers and sisters with me. More importantly, I want to restructure what it is that we think about and do here on earth so that we will succeed and be able to build a civilization that will be able to go out into the stars and meet our brothers and sisters and to discover all that it is that God has in mind for us. So that's my issue. That's why I show up here every week. And that's why I read from the Bible and try to explain to people what it is that they need to know. We need to restructure our society so that we're not living, hoping that someone will show us the way, but reading the Bible and finding that the way is already there. And we need to restructure our lives so that we can succeed and continue on and provide a civilization to our children that is not only beneficial to them, but will support them in their endeavors to discover what it is that God wants of us in the greater reality, not just on planet Earth. So, now you know my secret. I don't know that it's really secret. Uh, I share it with anybody who wants to know. But I think that we have, with the Bible and with God's love and understanding, the opportunity to grow and mature and support ourselves here on our nursery planet, Earth, and use it as our home base and to go out and discover our brothers and sisters who are waiting for us. But first, we have to structure 
our own lives. Using the foundation of God's belief in our abilities, logic, reason, and wisdom, reality in other words, and the grace to understand and supply the needs mentally and emotionally to those who wish to be a part of the success of the human race. And we need to quit all this crud. People trying to tear down what we have built so that they can feel righteous. As Jesus said, there is none good but God. For all have sinned and grow short of the glory of God. And we will sin each and every day without even trying to if we continue on the path of subjective decision-making. It is only by switching to objective decision-making following Jesus' example and direction that we can save ourselves and continue on into the future. Well, that's it for this evening, the September 7th, 2021. And hopefully we'll discuss things again next week.